0: today's podcast forecast cloudy with a chance of shade hello and welcome to a special lockdown episode of grape culture the podcast where three women drink wine remotely talk about pop culture and what is going on in the world oh and also some feminism on this week's episode of Grape Culture, we're going to be talking about the cultural phenomenon that is Tiger King, the Netflix true mm. cr- true crime documentary that um, has slightly taken over the world. But before we get into that, and that goddamn bitch Carol Baskin, as it were, um,
1: we need to talk about the wine that we've got this week. Sam, I think you should tell us about the wine this week, um, because you delivered it to our doorsteps. I did. And uh, I'm very excited to try it. So why don't you tell us a little story.
0: So we have some special wines this week that were actually gifted to the podcast by our local wine shop, Novel Wines. Um, these are two white wines. Uh, they are from the Sanson um, vineyard. Uh, Sanson Tokaj. I think I'm saying, probably butchering that pronunciation, but let's stick with what we know um and they are hungarian wines made by uh female winemakers so i'm quite excited to try them
1: i've been lurking on novel wines website for about a year um and i had so many in mind for this for episodes of this podcast that i've either never ordered in time or just like it's not been in stock or I didn't think of it until afterwards but so I'm really glad that we're finally getting some novel wines. Um, also, I really like Hungarian wine um, handy. and Bulgarian wine. When I was traveling I that was like the best wine that I had, which oh. says something I guess. Um, so I'm quite excited to you know if it has to be white, at least it's it's from somewhere that I think I
2: I think I like. I think um, also it's really good at this time obviously to support local businesses. So yeah. um it was so re- like so wonderful of them to gift these wines but we'll definitely be supporting them with our dollar in the future as well.
0: So the bottles themselves uh, there aren't a lot of tasting notes on them but I have got the notes up on the website which I'll read out in a sec. Uh, we're starting off Lovely. with the Sanson Classic Ferment which uh, is not something I'm familiar with at all, but they're in these really fancy, long, tall bottles. Apparently, I was speaking to the guy in the shop, they are a bitch to pack um, because they are so tall. (laughs) Um, And they came with a big glass wine stopper
1: cork thing, which I've not seen. Yeah, that was really exciting. When I went to sort of prep the bottle, I was like, oh we'll start with the corked one first and then i unwrapped it and i was like
0: oh it's not a cork so i will read out the notes that we've got on the website um if you did want to look at the novel wines website i think they ship all over the uk and it's just novelwines.co.uk and they've got lots of exciting and unique wines on there so do check them out but the uh the notes are as follows oh it's an organic wine apparently as well that's nice um, the classic ferment is a rich yet taut white wine with lots of flavour, stone fruits, honey and subtle smooth oak character is supported with a backbone of juicy lime, hints of smoke and a grippy finish. Grippy? Ooh, okay. I think I've uh, given many a grippy finish in my time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to long and thin things. Yeah.
0: You're mm-hmm. so welcome, um, and apparently it pairs beautifully with chicken wrapped in streaky bacon, bell peppers stuffed with beans, feta and tomatoes, white pizza, smoky mackerel fillet, or salmon and buttery new potatoes. Shall we? Shall, shall we, pour, ladies? Cheers. Okay.
2: Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, it's quite yellow. It's
0: quite. It's, it's like
2: smooth. That is a colour. smooth pour. What do you think? Oh my gosh, it is really interesting, isn't it? This oh, is really I really... Awesome. I like I like I don't it. not like
1: it. I just don't really know how I feel about it right now. Oh, my... It's a bit stuff is... floral. It is very floral,
0: actually. And it's got, like, that kind of... I get the lime thing. It's got that, like, zesty kind of... on the back of the tongue. I get the honey. It's different.
2: I... It's kind of cidery. It is a bit cidery. This, this is... And I'm not meaning this to be an Alex scenario. Oh, please but... do. This is. It's going to be shorter than usual because it's just. It takes me straight there straight away. This is friends' wedding. They've got married in a barn, and this is the t- this is the table wine.
0: I, yeah, I can see that. Yes, I. It's a, another summary wine. I think we've had quite a few of those recently. Mm. No, I'm not. I, I I don't
1: I don't know what I feel. So much like Tiger King. <laughs> Oh, no, I know what I feel about Tiger King. <laughs> It is oaky.
0: It feels like that it should a... be fizzy. It tastes like it should be a fizzy wine. That's
2: yeah, maybe that's why I'm getting no why I'm Getting wedding.
0: Yeah, cool. So, once again, that is the Sanson Classic Ferment, um, which is 2016 vintage, and we will see how we get on with it. But my first impression is I quite like it. Mm, me too. Yes so tiger king the king of the tigers um as you said this is a netflix documentary that came out probably about a month ago ish it was just at the start of lockdown um and it's everywhere like it is there are memes about. i can't open instagram without seeing something about tiger king i can't go on twitter without seeing something about tiger king it's just
2: everywhere um we've all watched it i'm hoping (laughs) Yeah, in fact, I realised that I hadn't seen the last episode um, and watched it very quickly whilst making M.A.S.H. just before we started recording.
0: So, Tiger King, in case anyone has been living under a rock and doesn't know what it's about, um, who wants to give a little summary to our listeners?
2: It is a eight-part, eight maybe, seven-part uh, documentary. It was originally seven seven, and then they released a special episode. Okay. Um, But it is a series um, that documents the, uh, I suppose, life of Joe Exotic, who is a private zoo owner in America. Um, And it starts... Very much like you think it's just going to document his life with tigers and the fact that he's quite bonkers and outlandish and outgoing. Um, and then it turns into a, a bit of a crazy whirlwind um, and includes many people that you definitely form opinions on. <laughs> so nebulous other than that. he's a bit bonkers <laughs> Well, I mean, that's I, I didn't want to give too much away because we're talking about it. Yeah.
0: So it seems like it's going to be about this zoo and the man who runs it. But it turns out there are quite a lot of darker strands to the story. So if you would rather not listen to discussions on um, things such as animal abuse, murder, suicide, those kind of things, then tiger king might not be the documentary for you and this might not be the episode of Grape culture for you um but we will talk about those a bit more as we go further down the line because ultimately ultimately this is a true crime documentary so what did we all think what were our first impressions was it what we expected it to be um th- yeah tell me what you thought about tiger king
2: I'll go there, because I feel, I feel like Kim is going to say a lot. <laughs> um, so I didn't uh, jump on the Tiger King bandwagon straight away. Um, I was a little bit concerned that obviously as a animal lover that it would be a little bit upsetting. So um I kind of avoided it for a while and then succumbed to the ultimate uh, peer pressure that is every single social media platform, as well as my friends. So finally watched it, but also binged watched the whole series bar the fir- the final episode in one night in which I was drinking a lot of wine. So I probably can't remember every single thing that happened. Awesome. Um So, you know, this is going to (laughs) be interesting. Um, I did think it was a whirlwind and wasn't what I was expecting. I don't think it focused so much on the tigers and the cruelty that I was expecting to see more of. Um, And obviously you form very strong opinions about the people within the documentary as well which i think is why it's become so popular um because everyone has quite strong feelings towards them and their reasoning behind things what how, what is the year span that this all takes place
0: i think it started recording in 2000 and... <sighs> Thirteen, fourteen. It was. Oh no! Actually, I think it was two thousand and fifteen. It started recording, and it was recording up until two thousand
2: and eighteen. Okay. Oh, I thought it was longer. I. But I think they show footage that's older. Yeah, they, they show
0: stuff from like the some not seventies, eighties, and nineties. Um, but the yeah. actual.
2: Because also, didn't Louis through do a documentary? with him which also another reason I didn't want to watch it is because I purposely avoided that episode of Louis Theroux and I fucking love Louis Theroux so I thought if it takes me not watching that maybe I don't want to watch a whole documentary on it but yeah I do think it kept me on the edge of my seat so I suppose in terms of that it was good um as a kind of evening of a roller coaster as storytelling goes as storytelling goes yeah so no i think um i'm not sure i would have selected to watch it regardless of my love of true crime i'm not sure i would have selected to watch it if there hadn't been the immense pressure from the world to watch it kimberly i'm
0: gonna pour myself another glass of wine okay Mm
1: um yeah i pretty much disagree with everything I think that it is about animal abuse I think this shit show I think it was I hated it I hated it I thought it was awful I thought it was not well plotted because like you say it's a proper roller coaster and there's all these different threads and what what comes of it like is not for me entertainment it's just gross sensationalism and I thought that what made me really angry was everything that I've heard about in this social media. Everyone should watch this blah, blah is Carol Baskin and did she kill her husband and blah, 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 blah. And like making this guy out to be this like entertainment figure. And the entire time that I was watching it, I was just like, what the hell is happening to these poor animals? And honestly, that was just my, the whole way through. I was like, there is no, redeeming person in this entire show except possibly the guy that lost the arm I just I just thought it was awful I thought everything about it it just made me so angry and so upset and so and I think what made me annoyed was that the way that I was reacting to it the way that I was reacting to the animal abuse and what was happening made me reflect on um Stuff that I've done in the past with with animals, and while it's nowhere near that, like it it really got me thinking about that. And I'm already pretty, you know, tuned in, and I I care about animals a lot. But it made me think, and it was making me think, and it was making me angry that that's not what everyone else is getting from this. That everyone else is getting from this, like that it's entertainment, that it's sensationalism, that it's like a fucking TV tabloid or heat or something. Fair enough.
0: Um yeah, it's not it's not a show that shows anybody in a positive way.
1: Um Yeah. And I mean I'm s i am i love true crime as as we've talked about, and I, you know, like I love true crime and I love trash and I try to see the best in everyone. Um but for me this show had no redeeming qualities. Fair enough. I had some pretty sweet music videos.
2: Yeah, just I enjoyed
0: Carol's
2: entire wardrobe. Oh my god, so many flower crowns. So many flower crowns. Uh, I I enjoyed that when they pulled up the documentary maker went, Oh my god, she's dressed perfectly. (laughs) That's what made me laugh because it was just like how they wanted to paint her was just there for her, like for them.
0: Say what you like about the woman. She's dedicated to animal print.
2: What's your overall
0: opinion, Samantha? See, I find it really interesting because I hate true crime with a burning passion. And I really, I've watched Tiger King twice because I was like, this is just so fucking wild. Like every definition of the word wild, it is that. And I don't know what it, like, I can't say I like it in that I'm like, wow, what a lovely upbeat jaunt, because it's not, it is horrible, it has got some yeah, horrible moments, hard. but it's just so unbelievable, like, every twist of the story, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? I think I shouted what the fuck at the TV at least three times an episode, Um, and also just that shot of the guy, you know, the FBI informant guy, whose name I can't remember, um, just him on his fucking jet ski bombing it along to Eye of the Tiger and you're like, that's what they oh chose to God. end with.
2: <laughs> oh, God,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh. How
2: The most disgusting man ever who, the one that's got like his, his pregnant girlfriend and then he was like, oh, oh um, yeah, she's going to give birth and then she's going back to the gym and then he was like, oh, um, she's allowed a nanny if I get to pick her and choose like jet- this hot woman. Oh, Jeff God, Lowe. he was disgusting. Jeff Lowe. So, Jeff Lowe that's, that's it. it. Yeah. He um, was the I most mean, disgusting I man. I don't think the worst part
0: of the entire documentary was him saying that his wife needed to get back in the gym after having a baby. Not that
2: that was okay. but <laughs> No, no, I know. <laughs> that is not the worst part. It's just because I just watched that episode and I was just yeah. appalled by what he was saying and it really angered me. <laughs> but they were like, oh, look, we picked the nanny. And you're like,
0: yeah, you've definitely picked that woman based on her childcare expertise. And not her massive titties. Ugh. Anyway. Um, gross, gross man. But yeah, so my, my opinion of it is that it's it's cut ca- like it's car crash TV in that you just can't look away. Um but I don't know. I, I like I don't always, I don't watch those kind of things. And the, the, yeah, this. Like, I don't know what it is about it. I've been trying to think that's why I rewatched it, because I was trying to be like, why is that? Why am I so
2: Obsessed. Yeah. What is
0: it? What, what is, is it is about the show that yeah. is just getting to me, and I can't figure it out? I think it's just because it seems like some weird, twisted, made-up story, and then you're like, "Fucking hell! No, this is all real. It's actually true. <laughs> yeah. Actually well, obviously in the way that any, you know, it's edited and framed in a certain way, but
1: yeah, I, that's why I found the um the eighth the follow-up episode. I I, I found that interesting when it was awful. Um, because everyone in that said that they had been edited in a way that made them look worse than they were. Well, um, like everyone, everyone in that was like, no, that's not how it happened. I don't agree. No, we, we're not, we don't side with Joe, no, this, no, that. And I thought that was really interesting because you literally watch the whole thing and you're like, half these people are on Joe's side. What the fuck? And then, you're like, these are all horrible people, and they're like, no, we've been we've been made to look that way. And I'm like, definitely you're all horrible people. But um again, except for Saf, who's great. It was a mani- it's a manipulative show. Yeah, but then so is every show ever made. Yes. That's I story, that. But I don't watch I don't watch a lot of um it's reality TV dressed up as a documentary. It just I get that it's a compelling. It would have been a compelling story, but I I just feel that the way that it's been made and edited completely strips away whatever core meaning that they were trying that he originally set out to make. I um, agree with. I I think I think you're you've got a point
0: there, which is that the documentary that he set out to make, like you say, was about the big cat trade and was about exposing these people. But then he met Joe Exotic, met this weird world and went fucking hell, this is so much more saleable. Saleable. Yeah. <laughs> <Sellable>. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Um,
0: this is going to get me also, a lot more. It,
2: pro- it probably has um, a reality TV-esque like, feel and slant because the th- what happens is so bonkers and like... So far from what we would assume to be reality, which is probably why it feels like it does, because reality TV kind of escalates and it accentuates like the truth. And so I think,
0: that's I think what also why I think what also feeds into that reality TV feel is, and I think we'll talk about this a bit later on, is like this kind of the freak show element, as we would say, um, and also mm-hmm. the fact that this this isn't a documentary that's been made, like let's say. Um, making a murderer this isn't something that was made after the event and it's an expose on what was happening this has footage that's been filmed on the years in like prior to it so it's you're being shown stuff that's developing these characters rather than just telling a story does that make sense like it's not just yeah yeah yeah
1: and i think that's part of like what makes it so difficult for me is, and I know that it's like a documentarian's code to like not interfere with the thing that they're filming. I personally have never really been able to understand that and how you can watch this film, these animals and watch this treatment of them and not interfere. Yeah, I don't think that the documentary offers
0: any helpful um information but that's because as you said this is not a conservation this didn't turn into a conservation documentary yeah i'm not saying it's right i'm just saying that was the point of the the point of the documentary is not about the cats and that I is obviously like a big fault with it what bothers um, me basically. yeah 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 um but i think it's made people
1: aware that people from Oklahoma are mad. No, I, don't know. I didn't know how I was going to finish <laughs> no, that. But, no, but it no, but it has. That's exactly right, Sam, though, because when you think about when you're going on Instagram or Twitter or BuzzFeed or Scribbler when I was trying to buy cards for my boyfriend on our anniversary and there were fucking Tiger King cards. Weird. Um, yeah, I find that weird. What people are taking oh, from this are not, it. like, is is look how weird it is. Look how weird people from Oklahoma are. Everything that I've heard about Tiger King before watching Tiger King was not about, oh, it's so terrible that these animals will be treated so badly. We should really do something about it. It is literally, did Carol Baskin kill her husband? And there was something else, like our mullets coming back. And... Isolation There was one more thing, which, (laughs)
2: like, meth something about meth I also think though like you know you're a documentary filmmaker you're not gonna regardless of what you set out to do and obviously I'm not like whatever the message is is going to be different for different people because of course it's all subjective anyway but um like you're not going to ignore the bonkers people that you have in front of you if you're a person that seeks to tell stories as your job
0: I think that if this story like, has been about um, the treatment of animals in the big cat trade uh, in America and globally, I think if that had been the purpose of it, I don't think having someone like Joe Exotic as the protagonist would have worked. Because you would have seen this man who is not not your average Joe, as it were. He is eccentric. And I think people would have seen that and been like, oh yeah, but he's just crazy though. Like he's just, that. that's the way he treats animals because he's insect, like he's this- Because he's bonkers. Because yeah. he's the way he is. Whereas if you want to really highlight the, the treatment whole of those industry. animals, you need to be positioning someone who seems like a regular human being because then it's, mm.
1: do you see what I mean? I think- No, I do. But that's maybe my concern is that I just feel like, like yeah I mean I've said it before I just feel like this I I feel like there are so many bigger issues in this it's not just the animal abuse um there's a lot of other stuff in it that I have issues with that are bigger issues and more interesting documentaries than some crazy guy like there's there's This you could have made an entire documentary series on the psychology of cults from this, from the people that you meet in this. You could have made you could have made a true crime documentary about Carabaskin, if that's really what you wanted to do. You could have made a conversation about thruples. Like there are so many different things, but like I feel like to start with saying i care about animals and i and and to end with the end thing about the five thousand animals and things to purport to be an animal rights documentary that is bookended by saying i care about animals and then everything in the middle is just like meh, 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 meh. fuck it no i don't agree with it i think it's wrong i think it's i think it's money grabbing
2: I had no clue that this existed. Like, but that's what I mean. I think that's also why it it obviously meant something different to me, um, because I'm like, I had no clue this was a thing. We should also
0: talk a bit about the fact that we are calling these people crazy and mental because neither of those are terms that we should be using. <laughs> no, um, and right. they're not.
1: They're, yeah, not, they're no, not. They're not terms not.
0: that we use. No. But we try I think not to use. It's that the frames of reference that we have are not the same as the frames of reference as these people, and these people are operating in worlds and in ways that we don't just and so far removed from us <laughs> their behavior is completely alien to us
2: it's so it's a documentary just that, also like fascinating just they're just fascinating people as well think, because it's just like i have no idea how you think like that i, I literally it. have no clue i think
0: it's that like i think that's why i keep going back to it is because i'm like i i need to understand these people because i just yeah. like, i can't understand them and i can't understand
1: why they do these things and why this is the way they operate you said you know you were saying i I, i'm trying to understand these people and i'm trying to get to grips with it and i think that that's so such a great thing because that's generally how i feel about true crime like that's why i am so interested in serial killers and and stuff and it's i don't know what it i don't know what it is about this particular story that's riled me up and made me so angry but i think it it, and i think the only thing i can turn around on it is that it is it's too close to exploitation for me um that's the word i was looking for earlier is exploitation it's exploiting these people and this story and these animals and the sensationalism and so that's what's turned it from my normal approach which is i just want to understand like you said like i just want to understand why these people are so doing what they're doing and fascinating to being so angry about it but do you think there's a
0: poetic shift in the exploitation that these people have with the animals and then they're being they're being exploited for entertainment like do you yes it's very intertextuality i, I applaud that it's
1: great. But, <laughs> which is obviously um, what
0: they were going for when they made it obviously
1: yeah. i'll i'll applaud it more when more when they're not dragging newborn cubs through ring fences yeah, that and they exactly get
2: happen. That's what they do to cows every single fucking day, though. And that's exactly the thing I said when I turned to Matt. <laughs> I said they do that to cows every single day in the dairy industry. Sorry, my little vegan rant is over. Yeah, but it's but... Fair.
0: like, why, no, is, I, it, why like, is it more disgusting fair. when it's a tiger than when it's a cow? It's a fair yeah, point. Exactly. It's a very fair point. It's um, fair. But I think this is part of the problem, and I think this is part of what you're saying, Kim, and uh, is that... Everything on that show is so wild and so incomprehensible that when they show the animal abuse, you're almost just like, oh, it's just another fucking crazy thing. Like, it it kind of gets mm. muddled in with everything else, which I think is why it's, it's become what it has, because you
2: almost don't see it because everything else is so strange. You're, de- Yeah, you're desensitised to yeah. the horrific thing that's I mean, happening to these animals because everything else is just so unbelievable. Yeah,
0: and I'm not saying everyone is. I'm not saying everyone just goes, oh, yeah, they just took a newborn. They're filming a mother tiger giving birth and then just taking their cubs away straight away. Like, oh, yeah, cool. Sort of relate to what you were saying, Alex. Do you think at any point any of the people featured... On any level, care about the animals or do, have they always just seen a cash cow and have they always just gone with that? Or do you think something's changed? What, what do you think? I mean, you
2: can't set out to create a business from some, I don't, I don't know if any of them set out for it to be a business for all of them, Carol Baskin included and all the awful other horrendous zookeepers. I think it's a passion and a love. And so therefore, they must have been passionate and love the animals at some point. Mm. And then obviously, if they become desensitized to them as living creatures, and you know the stresses of running a business come in, and the fact that they cost so much to maintain, you're going to see them as figures coming in and figures coming out and stuff like that. So I think essentially, you're not going to start something passionately without caring about them originally. And, you know, they raised these creatures in their house to start with. You can't, I mean, it takes a special kind of psychopath, like sociopath, to raise a being from scratch and then not care about it.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's one of the things that is addressed in the follow-up thing about how... Oh, shit. You need to watch this (laughs) follow-up. About how he basically hates tigers and is really scared of them and did it just to make money because they make money. So he did it to make money, and that um quite a lot of the uh there's there's a lot of talk about them um euthanizing cubs and stuff when they grow out of being cute. But I do think I do think that the actual the actual keepers, the actual in in Joe Exotic zoo, um Saf and the guy with no legs and the oh, guy yeah, with the long blonde hair they yeah, yeah, yeah. they cared you could tell that they cared but that's the thing they were the only ones talking to the camera saying like there's no fucking food for these animals what are we supposed to do they were the ones like that truck
2: that truck expired meat meat meat. yeah and then and then like the zoo the zookeepers would have to eat it as well like that's bizarre that's bizarre but like also i do think to an extent they formed this kind of family because obviously they didn't really have a tribe or a home or, you know, they were self-declared misfits or whatever. And, um, you know, the tigers and the animals were part of that family for them, I think. Do you think
0: that part of the key to this show's success and the reason that everyone is talking about it is because of lockdown? Do you think that has an impact? Do you think it would have been as big if if it had been launched six months ago?
2: I think it's so memeable and tick um that uh I think lockdown has definitely helped because obviously so many people have time to create these like TikToks and memes and stuff like that and are united with everyone in this kind of shared oh my god are these real people did that really happen um and uh, we're all we're all we're all searching for connecting with people in some way and if you can connect with a program then obviously that's what's happening I think so yeah I do think it has contributed somewhat
0: I saw something online that someone had posted which I think pretty much summed it up for me which was um Tiger King is so popular because it's the only thing that's more insane than the situation we're in right now coronavirus Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that is true
1: I also think that, yeah, um Yeah. Sorry,
0: Sam, you go. No, no, I was just gonna say it's it kind of it all comes back to that kind of true crime thing that we were talking about where people wanna see something with a res- resolution, people wanna see something mm. where their lives
1: seem safe by comparison. It's, yeah, definitely. I do think I do think it would have been big had it been released any time of the year but i do think that it's been helped by lockdown because they're literally a captive audience but um also i think that because you've like alex you mentioned tiktok and i think you've got all these celebrities who have nothing better to do than watch netflix which isn't Mm. normally the case so they are then getting in on this the TikTok, and uh, so many celebrities have joined TikTok, even though TikTok's for 14 year olds, um, because they like they need to be seen, and they need to be validated, because they're that's what they're used to, and they are watching this, and they are making memes, and they are making videos, and they are talking about it, and that has boosted it yeah. one more, because not only do you have, like, oh, it's a funny meme about Joe Exotic, but you're like, there's a funny meme about Jimmy Fallon doing yeah. Joe Exotic, like, it's
2: not just... Yeah, it's, we're all the same. We're all in the same boat. It's, it's every celebs.
1: Has, yeah, and it's the people that we we, watch we look up to all and the we, time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That we watch and look up to are also doing it. That we watch all the time that have more range and more reach than we do. So I think that it's like it's the great equalizer. So speaking of mixed opinions about everything how's everyone finding the wine um yeah
0: I I'm still I think I'm enjoying it (laughs) I think I like it uh it's not the usual kind of white I would pick but because it is quite crisp I'm I think it's nice um I have Mm. drunk it quite slowly and I've not really said a huge amount on this podcast so far so I'm surprised that I have been drinking it as slowly as I have does that make sense
1: yeah, yes.
2: I I find it quite um like a red drink, like uh like you know how you drink red slower. I don't know if that's just me, but right. because maybe because they're quite, but maybe it's because they're quite rich. Red drink
0: just made me laugh. Like, I oh, have red sauce.
2: <laughs> I did as soon as I said it. I was like, that sounds that doesn't sound right. I think it's like panda. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ribena or <laughs> like I don't know blood. <laughs> <laughs> when you drink red because it's quite rich and full-bodied you drink it slower because it's it's not as chuggable um as a white is because yeah but wine uh, white feels like it's almost giving the illusion of quenching your thirst it, whereas yeah, red
0: yeah
2: like red is kind of like you're drinking it for the wine you're is not that, uh, i would never
0: yeah. come home and be like oh i'm parched a glass of red
2: yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like it's kind of okay. that's why I'm also <laughs> drinking it. That's why I'm also drinking it slower, is because it's it's one of those. Um but I am I am enjoying it. First of all, I
1: would never drink white wine to quench my thirst. As as indicated earlier, white wine for me is meh 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 meh. So um <laughs> no um but I find this one really flavorful, and okay, it's kind of flavor. like like I stand with my. It's kind of like cider feeling, like I definitely. Hmm, I was going to say I definitely like it, but I don't know if that's true. I think I like it.
0: So we're going to take a short break. We will be back with our second wine of the evening to talk more about Tiger King. um We will speak to you. Well, we will speak to you in a minute. Bye, love you. <laughs> and we're back from our break we have a new bottle of wine uh this is another one from the same um vineyard the sanson tocage and this is the sanson blanc so oh lucky for you. what was the first one called it was the sanson classic um ah. so this is another very long svelte bottle uh screwed up this time not fancy glass stopper <laughs> But we won't hold that against it. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So the tasting notes I have for this one. So this is, I think, a 2018. The other one was 2016. Yes. So they say... um, Hints of white okay, flour. The price of my loss, not a price that you're that willing to pay. Uh, hints of white flour add elegance to the lean palate, which is bursting with limes, green apple, and a fresh saline finish. The wine is also fully organic. Uh, so more lime, more zestiness, I think. Uh, Pairs Beautifully- saline? Yeah, saline. I
1: can't take solution. Yeah,
2: salt but- water. But it also sounds like a disinfect, like it sounds like it's been disinfected. <laughs> it's just a weird choice of words. It
0: is a weird, I, I, I guess, kind of salty, savoury taste. Maybe I don't know. I have, I don't know. Pairs beautifully with creamy linguini pasta dishes, stir fry, roast pork belly, quiche, quiche. Bit weird. Could go. <laughs> that could be anything. Um, beetroot and goat's cheese salad or falafel. So
1: Alex, one for you. Interestingly, this one is more alcoholic than the last one. I know what you mean about the piece. This is Not this has not
0: got the flavour punch in the mouth like the other one did. I think we should have started with this. No, palette,
2: right, this one. Yeah, because I can't really taste it that well. But it also in the break I had a vegan chocolate button that has coated my mouth a little bit. Error. I, <laughs> I think
0: I like this one left. Buttons as a palate cleanser.
2: You like it less. <laughs> I think I like it less. It's got some good legs on it. That's what she said.
1: Hey, no one's ever said that about me.
2: (laughs) Nor I. (laughs)
1: They they have said that about me.
2: Yeah, fuck off. Fight me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Fight me with your good legs. Not, yeah, it doesn't have as much flavour, but that doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. I think it's just,
1: it's a lot more mellow. It's a mellow bean. This is... this is
2: more. It's chug-able. really sweet at the back of my throat, and I don't like it. This makes my tongue tingle a little bit. <laughs> Promising. The
0: first one was more like cider. This is more like apple juice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Is is this one organic as well? I si. C. Si.
0: I don't think I like it as much yeah, as the I... first one. I.
2: It's fine. I could drink this a lot easier, the second one would be, I'd have to be in the mood for that wine. I think it's because it's got a very distinct flavour.
0: So we've got our wine, uh, we've got a lot more to unpack with Tiger King, I think, because we could go for hours talking about that programme. But Mm. I think it would be really nice to talk about, because we've we've said that a lot of the characters are not very likeable, quite the opposite in a lot of cases, but I'd like to awful i would like to talk a bit more about the people who are on it because it is a very person driven show um to the detriment that's a good point yeah talked about but the people are at the forefront of it so who is there anyone in it that you did warm to like hate slightly less perhaps I, I really pass.
2: felt yeah I uh, yeah 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 I really felt sorry for the husband who accidentally shot himself.
1: Oh, I did
2: really feel sorry for him. Um, His life seemed like a complete whirlwind of like
0: Mister Maldonado
2: who Travis Travis that was it. Travis that was it. Really felt sorry for him because mm. I think he was just like. I mean, obviously, he was a drug addict, but I just think his life was just quite sad. I think he was an impressionable young man, and Joe took advantage of that.
0: Okay, so Travis, Kim, I know you said Saf. So Saf, for anyone who hasn't watched, is a uh, zookeeper at the GW Zoo, which is Joe Exotic Zoo in Oklahoma. Um, And he lost a hand uh, putting it into a tiger cage, I'm assuming to feed. It was never really kind of explored as to why his hand was in the cage, but his hand got bitten off by a tiger and he was the chillest fucking man about it.
2: So yeah, fucking oh chill. God. But
1: what struck me about Saf was just like throughout the whole documentary, I felt like he was the most reasonable. Mm-hmm. Like uh knew knew the goods and bads of what he was working with in terms of um, the people that he was working with and respected the animals clearly and and really loved what what he was doing and and chose, was aware of the detriments that he was being faced, but chose them anyway in terms of like pay and stuff like that. And then in the uh, follow-up was very much just like, I don't have, like, just so well-spoken, so um intelligently caring about and knowledgeable about the animals that he was looking after. And that was also true of um John Renke. That was it. John Renke, um who I also felt really understood. I mean to be fair, generally the the keepers, Eric as well, I felt they they three represented themselves well in the in the documentary because they cared about the animals but then also were clearly very knowledgeable about what they were doing um and the reason i heart sap the most is, is for various reasons i don't i don't really know i love love me an underdog but like there was an there's an element of like reserved um distanced intelligence about him that i felt like he Saw a little bit more of the bullshit that was going on for what it was at the time that it was happening,
0: yeah, I think the keepers were the main people that were um, that provided the, any sort of form of likability, whether it was like, Oh my God, I love this person,' which I don't think anyone necessarily felt um I think Eric Cowie, who was the guy with the long hair and sunglasses and the beard, um I think he was someone that I really liked uh because he was concerned about the animals when all that i think it was a very final episode where they showed him actually he was a bit drunk and was like i just feel like i let them down i feel like i let the animals down and had this kind of oh yeah moment and that was a bit like oh eric um horrible yeah and also you know when they were talking they were doing the interview with him uh they were talking about doc Antle and the cult that he had supposed cult let's say um and his many many girlfriends and wives um and they talked to various other people about it and some people were like oh i heard he's got nine girlfriends i heard he's got five i heard he's got four or whatever and they cut to eric Cowie, and they were like how many wives has doc Antle had and he just went i don't fucking care <laughs> <laughs> so the likable people the majority of them the keepers the least likable people and this is probably a question that doesn't have a set answer but who who do you think was the real villain here if there was just one if there wasn't fine because it's kind of pitched as this war between um carol baskin who is uh an animal rights advocate who Runs her own, of yes. Quote <laughs>
1: unquote <laughs> animal rights activist.
0: Quote unquote, yes. yeah. So she runs a facility to rehome big cat, or not rehome, just rehouse basically big cats who have been rescued from the uh, big cat trade, and just essentially, from what I can tell, just moves them to a different cage, and goes, I'm helping them.
2: Yeah, and then doesn't even pay
0: her like. Zookeepers. Another cult, a different cult. Yeah. Um,
2: Jesus so Christ. This, I, like, she was something. So there's this
0: woman who is campaigning to get Joe Exotics Zoo, the GW Zoo, which is the main zoo in the, in the series, shut down on grounds of animal abuse and um, cub petting and, and this kind of uh, aspect of the industry. Um, but it's ambiguous if you want to be generous as to whether what she's doing is any better um, and whether she just wants more fucking
1: tigers to make more fucking money. Everything I'd heard about Tiger King was about Carol Baskin and how she's the villain. And I was like, there's literally a fucking R. Kelly-style cult happening and this god-awful person with his God awful manipulation of women, and you must get back in the gym, and I'm going to shag the nanny, and all this oh stuff. Oh God, I hate him. That you're, I in- hate him so much. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, Lauren. You can. I'm all for threepel. Like, be a threepel, be in an open relationship, do what you want. But you are not in an open relationship. You are in a fucking abusive relationship, and it's awful. And I hate it. In my opinion, I'm sorry. It's just my opinion.
2: Oh yeah, because they have threesomes, don't they? I forgot about that. I they
0: thought, have i sex just, a lot of the time, but. Mm-hmm.
2: I but just she's not allowed awful. to and see other men. There were
1: no redeeming qualities, and like as a feminist, as a feminist podcast, okay, okay, I was like, feminist. um, the fuck is happening here? Because I was just like, there's no women in this thing that uh get a voice or the woman that escapes Baskin. The only woman, like, yeah, the woman who? The woman the whose wo- name you don't
2: know? Yeah, but I don't know any of who their bloody names.
0: I, <laughs> That's a fair point. You know, we, did have the up, yeah, but we did have to look up uh, John Renke and Eric Cowie, because we didn't know
2: them. And also, I only know doc Anton, or whatever his name is, because you keep on talking about it. I was just about to say the woman that escaped the man that had all the girlfriends. <laughs> so, <laughs> fair enough.
1: <laughs> but as far as I was concerned, the only woman that I heard about was carol baskin and the only reason that i'd heard about her was because she might have killed her husband so
0: the characters uh carol baskin let's let's talk for her, about her for a little bit because we haven't actually said that much about her and she is kind of joe is the person that the story is about mainly because uh it's about his life and then his subsequent trial for trying to get carol killed and a lot of the series centers around their butting heads over um, the treatment of of big cats. Um, interestingly, as well, this is something that I literally just popped into my head. She makes a big song and dance about the big cats. Does she talk about any of the other animals he has? Does she talk about the chimpanzees? Does she talk about the t- the alligators? No, she only gives a shout. I,
2: I didn't even I didn't even realize he had other animals until like the last episode.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he really started
2: talking it. about how sad he was about the pin- chimpanzees, like not being able to hug. Which would like actually really made me cry a little bit, like their little hands sticking out of the bars that really made me cry. Um, but like, yeah, didn't even know that. I mean, of course, he does because this is a zoo, air quotes. Um, but yeah, like, I the big I money also, like, the big
0: cats.
2: yeah, yeah, um,
0: but yeah, so Carol Baskin is positioned she's not even the villain as we said because no one no one is a villain and no one is the hero and even joe himself says right in the very last episode before the catch-up like nobody wins no one no one wins at this because they don't really at least in terms of a um pr war and the animals win least of all but carol baskin he, like you said kim a lot of people chat about a, a, a big thing to come out of this is, did she kill her second husband, Don Lewis? Um, her husband. No, she was married before him. She was in an abusive relationship with the father of her daughter.
2: Yes. Yes, you're right. And then sorry. she was walking along the street and he picked her up. And also, they
0: they referred yeah. to Don Lewis as her Creepy. third husband, but there is no mention of her first. So I don't know. Anyway, husband number multiple. Um so she the the theory is don lewis is this multimillionaire that she marries uh when he is in his 40s and she's in her 20s and he then mysteriously goes missing um apparently on his way to costa rica where he went a lot and there's speculation in the documentary about uh whether she killed him and fed him to tigers because they were having marital difficulties why do you think that's one of the main things and the main discussion points that's come out of this? Because I was talking to someone about this at work and the first thing one of them asked me was, do you think she killed her husband?
1: Because <laughs> the evils that women do, the evils that women do or do not do and the speculation on the morality of women is more, always more interesting than the speculation on morality of men. Like, women, serial killers or women killers are always more interesting because they are quote-unquote a rarity it's quote-unquote an anomaly it's it's opposite to their nature blah 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 and it's always sensational it's this black widow blah 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 sexifying of trauma and um it's a deflection against all the evils that men are doing in the world and in this documentary
2: yeah, I, d- I mean, I to- I really agree with that. And I do think, like you say, women serial killers are more fascinating because they feel that there must be some trauma that has led them to do it. Um, also, I think it's one of the only things that is left unanswered in the documentary. Mm. So, so it allows Very us true. to speculate about it.
0: I think what's interesting about... Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin is they have fairly similar stories In when you look mm. at their background, both of them were sexually assaulted as children both of them were um, have had multiple marriages both of them are people who look to animals as some sort of alleviation of, of their um, or expression of their love or, or alleviation of their pain depending on how you want to look at it and mm. there are a lot of ways feel, in which... To they are, feel powerful as well. Yeah, there are a lot of ways in which they are very similar people. Um, and I think that's what makes them interesting as adversaries. Um, but Joe, as you said, has a resolution arc in which he is, he is convicted. And the majority of his convictions, he was charged on, I think, 18 or 19 counts, only two of which were related mm. to murder for hire, where it was alleged... Well, it was, you know, he'd hired... Uh, an employee of the zoo to go and kill carol um and the rest were all related to animal abuse and um the animal trafficking um and i think it's just really interesting to see these two people who really have quite a lot in common be so like opposed to each other and have this massive feud and I think that's another I think this comes back to what I was saying about like wanting to understand people is the psychology of it is that I think deep down these people both want the same thing and it's just completely conflicting different ways of
1: doing it it's interesting though because that's that's true in like um law breaking and law enforcement as well like it's it's a trait actually in um quite a lot of crime dramas that you have the uh the hero who suffered a trauma in, in the um, in their childhood, or whatever, and they oppose a masked mind criminal that suffered the same trauma. And um, the the thing that I'm thinking of particularly is in uh, Criminal Minds. Um, there's a character. I can't remember the, the character, but um, there's a, a villain character who who says, you know, like it, it it was an inevitability. I was I was abused as a child by my father, and he beat me and etc. etc. So what what else was I supposed to do? Like I was always going to become this. And then the uh, the central like hero, the leader of the team, Agent Hotchner, sort of says like some, you know. Many people have the same experiences of you. They don't. They don't go on to kill people. They don't go on to do things. And then he like slams his file very authoritatively and and, and says like some of them grow up to be FBI agents and fucks off out of the room. And uh, it's very dramatic and it's very entertaining. But like it's it's a common trope and it's a common. It's a trope born out of common psychological things. So you either have people who face the disorder of their childhood by creating more disorder, or the disorder of their childhood by creating, creating Control. And yeah. yeah. And sometimes you have people who do the same thing, i.e. steal loads of big cats and police. Policemen who kill people.
0: Yeah. Um is that is that yeah. thing, you know, there's that um bit in Austin Powers where it's dr evil and austin powers and they just there's that whole joke around we're not so different you and i it's that whole fucking thing of like no they're not different they are just different people placed in a different situation with a lot of the same and i think both of them i think both of them are people that want to be loved very very deeply and very inherently they are looking for acceptance they're looking for love but that takes a really twisted fucking form and joe Joe will buy it with animals and with meth and with guns and carol will do it
2: through manipulation and um well they're both massive manipulators because they've been manipulated yeah they're both yeah they're both like throughout their life
0: the way it seems to me is that joe actively seeks people out to work for him to become his lovers as well. He is the driving force behind the control of these people. Whereas with Carol, everything that I've seen in the documentary puts her much more as a passive person who people just almost sort of gravitate towards. And then she's like, Oh yes, I will give you a job. Oh yes, I will marry you. And it's all like, Oh yes, I will kill you. Oh, I'll kill you and feed you to some tiger. Benevolent dictator. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's, her thing is favour, almost. Um, hmm. do, do you see, there is? I feel like there is a slight distinction and
1: I'm probably not communicating. Do you, well. no, no, no. I, yeah. to, like, I totally get more it. Active do you... She's not passive.
0: So I think one thing that's clear throughout the whole documentary is that Joe Exotic, who is the main character, the main person featured, is someone who wants fame and he wants to be a household name he wants to be known which he now is really do you think obviously he's in prison he's not i don't think he's seen the documentary from everything i know unless most federal institutions have netflix um
2: I think do you they do think actually weirdly
0: i think when they did the catch-up he hadn't seen it but um he do you think he'd be pleased the fact with with what's come out of this, do you think he would be pleased that he is known in the way that he is known? Do you think he would be pleased to be known at all? Or do you think he would hate it? What do you think he would think?
2: Um, I think from what we said, he always seeks kind of fame and recognition. Um, And from what I got from it, he was painted in maybe a more favourable light than he is in real life. And again, I haven't seen the catch up episode. Um, So I think he would be pleased because also Carol Baskin, his arch nemesis, isn't painted in an overall favourable light either. And neither of, like we said, no one is. So all the people that he probably hates because they stood up in court and testified against him, are also not painted in the best light. So, yeah, I think he'd be reasonably pleased. I don't know. I'd like to believe, I think that he'd be
1: pleased, but not for the same reasons that Alex thinks that he'd be pleased. I think that he'd be pleased because he is a narcissist and therefore he's getting any kind of attention and therefore he'd be pleased. I don't think it paints him in a good light. I don't think it paints anyone in a good light. But I think that he would be pleased because people know his name and that's the end
0: so that brings us to the end of the show this week but before we go we have to wrap up by talking about the wines that we've tried so the first one was the Sanson Classic uh, Ferment um, guys final thoughts and your rating out of five grapes on the first wine we had
1: I liked it Okay, that's the end <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I couldn't
1: decide <laughs> I couldn't couldn't decide how I felt about it in the end I think that I liked it I'm going to give it a 3 it's it's interesting it's white wine it's really interesting white wine it's not white wine Um, I'm giving it a 3 I think that I would if you wanted to drink a white wine and we drank this white wine I would drink
2: it again Fair enough. Uh, Alex? I'm going to give it a 3.5. I would, I'm very pleased that I've still got half a, like just under half a bottle left. And I'm going to have a couple of glasses, maybe not tomorrow because I've drunk every night this week and feel a little bit delicate. Um, (laughs) Maybe the next day when my liver has restored. Um, And, Yeah, I enjoy it. I think it's definitely a with dinner wine. And so I will enjoy it with a meal. Okay.
0: So 3.5. 3.5. I'll second that. I think 3.5 is fair. I think it was uh, something that shouldn't be rushed. I think we rushed it a bit more than we should have on this show. At least I did. Um, I think it was really full of flavour. I think it was unlike a lot of the whites that we've had. Um, And I enjoyed it. So yeah, 3.5. And the second one we had was the um Sazon uh, Blanc, the 28 2018- Sazon Blanc. Sazon Blanc. Uh
2: Alex, let's start with you. Um I am going to give it uh annoyingly. I think I would score it very slightly higher than the first one even though i think i weirdly enjoyed the first one more um because i feel like this is an everyday drinker okay i would yeah i would drink this like you know if we're having a chat on skype i would pop to the corner shop or novel wines and i would buy this and i would enjoy it and it's very drinkable um Whereas I feel like the first one is a particular, you have to be in the mood, but the mood was tonight and I enjoyed it. So catch me on a different day. I would score this a four and the other one a 3.5. Catch me up. Whereas it could, her? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> or, whereas like, uh, yeah, today, yeah, I think... I'm going to score them both a 3.5, whereas I think this one is an everyday drinker. The other one is a particular mood. Fair.
1: Kim? I'm sorry to Novel Wines. I'm sorry to Sanson Wines. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't enjoy it. I'm giving it a two because I recognise that my not enjoying it is not necessarily that it's a bad wine. I'm sure it's an excellent wine. But as a red wine drinker... I was able to drink a glass of it, but then I immediately switched back to the first wine. Um, so for our, all our red wine drinkers out there, it's drinkable, but it's not the one you want. Um, two.
0: Fair. Uh, I will go with a three for the second wine, which was the again the en Blanc. Um, it was an enjoyable white. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't groundbreaking for me. I think it would have been better as the first wine of the night which is probably on us because it was a lot more subtle it didn't have that like pow pow in your mouth hey um, but it was it was nice it was not the best wine I've ever had but it was a good wine so I think three is fine
1: I would like to extend my formal thanks to Novel Wines <laughs> I'm sorry that I did not enjoy your wine as much as the other parts of Great Culture did um in all fairness well in all fairness i rated one of your wines a three which as a red wine drinker is a miracle
0: so um oh and we didn't talk about this at any point in the show but i did check with the guys at novel wines and all of the wines we had tonight both of them were vegan
2: vegan friendly so yay the email actually said one of the other oh alex will be happy and i was so that's it for the show this week. Uh, don't
0: forget to check us out on social media. We're on Twitter at Pod. We're on Instagram at Podcast. Or you can check out our website, www.grapeculturepodcast.co.uk. Um, we're available where all good podcasts are to download. We'll be back in two weeks' time when we're going to have a brand new episode for you. But in the meantime, uh, please, if you are listening somewhere where you can give us a rating or review, please do, because we love to know what you think. And we look forward to you listening to us because that's how we say these things (laughs) in a couple of weeks time when we have a brand new episode for you so thanks for
2: listening stay happy stay Stay healthy healthy. Bye. bye stay well bye stay drunk